Our sponsor is Echelon. When it comes to getting in shape and staying there, I know nothing about it. <laughs> nothing. No. But I do have several family members that know a lot about it. If you want to hit your fitness goals it and, and make you feel good about yourself, if you're one of those people, like my wife, that just will go out and hit the gym, great. This is good news for you. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, plus their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite exercise machine is, all from the comfort of your home, world-class instructors that will motivate you. And here's the great part. Unlike their competitors, this is affordable. This is not crazy expensive. One membership lets, lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, try it in your home for 30 days. Echelonfit.com slash Beck. I have to tell you, I am no different than than you are. I I'm lucky enough to have some really trusted friends that are really good at logic and numbers. Uh, however, my friends don't all agree on what is going on, and I, I, I can't make heads nor tails of this election. I can't. I don't know who to even trust. So I go back to trusted friends. Daniel Horowitz is one of those deep thinkers that uh, thinks beyond just the headlines and actually does his own homework as well. He has a new story out at The Blaze. New analysis shows Biden winning nearly impossible margins on mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. That story is up on theblaze.com right now. I guarantee you social media will not be sharing that one uh, from The Blaze, but I want you to read it. And Daniel is on with us next, and I want to ask him the questions that my friends who think, oh, there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff, that they would ask, the serious questions that they would ask. Daniel Horowitz joins us in 60 seconds. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Citigroup just renewed their extremely bullish call for gold hit $2,500 an ounce in 2021 alone. Did you hear, you know, now that Janet Yellen is uh, going to be the uh, Treasury Secretary? That's great because she worked. She was at the Fed for a long time, so she knows the big banks. I'm inspired. I'm inspired by that, too, uh, with all of the things that are going on. There are there's report after report after report that the dollar is headed for a massive crash. If that happens, gold will be your lifeline. I think this is one of the reasons why Bitcoin is going up right now. People understand the dollar is not going to hold its value now more than ever. Take a hard look at your retirement portfolio and ask yourself if it's properly, adequately and responsibly protected. Gold line can help. Uh, you know, you, you should have 10 to 20 percent 
uh, of of whatever you have spread out into gold. Ten percent rule of thumb, twenty percent I would feel better at, uh, but not crazy amounts. Just have something there in case something unreasonable happens. But when's the last time something unreasonable happened in America? <laughs> you know, wait, what time is it? Don't wait. Call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. They're standing by to talk to you now, give you all the information. There's no high pressure or anything. Just go to goldline.com or call them at 866-GOLDLINE. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. Glenn warned you about the Great Reset in August. A worldwide open plot. It'll affect every aspect of your life. Now, the left says it's all just a conspiracy. A conspiracy theory used by the old tribe. There are no facts here. Glenn exposes the global elite in their own words. A Great Reset will happen with greater intensity than a lot of people might imagine. The truth about the Great Reset conspiracy. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Daniel Horowitz is with us. He's a Blaze podcast host, the Conservative Review, also Conservative Review senior editor, which is part of the Blaze Media family. We welcome Daniel to the uh, to the program. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing all right. Great to be with you, Glenn. There are two stories that I want to talk to you about, uh, if I can get enough time with you. The one is the Johns Hopkins analysis showing that COVID-19 had no effect or relatively no effect on deaths. And then it was retracted immediately. And you wrote a good story on that. And I want to talk to you about that. But the other story I really want to look at uh, is what you wrote today. Um, new analysis shows Biden winning nearly impossible margins on mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. Can you take us through this? And I want to ask you some some questions that I think my friends who don't believe that there was fraud. There's Trump supporters, but they don't believe that there is enough fraud out there to change anything. Let me ask you those questions as we go. Can you take us through this? Sure. So so this is a matter of making an opening argument, not a closing argument. And obviously, a lot of allegations of fraud are going to be scorned upon. Some of them might be legitimate, some of them not. But what I try to do is just take the basic data that we all have, the number of ballots that were actually counted, breaking down how many were mail-in, how many were um, election day, how many votes were cast for Biden and Trump, respectively, of each kind, which the Pennsylvania Secretary of State does break down. And just to take a look of that at that, if it passes the smell test. Now, one thing that's very interesting is had I slept through election night and just woke up the next day, I wouldn't have noticed anything. You had to have really lived through it. I have this tradition every every election for like 20 years with my brother. We're on the on the phone till four in the morning, you know, going through stuff. We're not looking for fraud. Our hearts are beating. We want to see what's going to happen. And things just didn't add up. And what happened was uh, Republicans always have a lead in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia comes in later. And we know by now how many votes you need to withstand that kind of collapse of the lead late in the night. And Trump had well over what he needed, even with all the mail-in ballots. He should have had an extra 200, maybe even 300,000 vote lead at the end of all the counting. But then they came in with even more ballots. Well, now we know it was a total of 2.6 million mail-in ballots. All I did was basically say, look, if the secretary of state tells us how much each candidate won of each form of balloting, and that is mail-in and election day, it would mean 
that assuming he got 2.6 million mail-in ballots, and, and they're all valid, we're not even talking about fraud yet, it means that Trump, that Biden would have had to have won 21% of mail-in registered Republican votes and 80% of independent votes. In addition to, of course, 95% of Democrats, which is obviously a little bit more believable. Okay, so hang on. Let me show you in the exit polling. In fact, Stu, you do this because I'll, I'll screw this up. The election day voters for Biden and the early voters for Biden, so the ones who are voting by mail, because the, the numbers are striking. Yeah, I mean, this, the, elect- the early voters for Biden on election polls showed 19% of Republicans voted for Biden and 78% of independents, which is pretty close to what the numbers you were saying needed to happen. Uh, you know, uh, 19 versus 21 and uh, what is the se- second? 78. Uh, 78 for- as opposed to 80. So, I mean, Glenn, here's the problem with that. We have never seen that in our history. Now, there's one thing to say that in general, more Democrats vote through mail-in or certainly did this time. And we know that. But there's quite another to say qualitatively, there is that much of a difference between the type of independents and Republicans that did mail-ins and the type of Republicans and independents that voted on Election Day. For example, with independents, in order to say that he got 80 percent from mail-ins, you would have to say, because overall the exit polls say Biden won 52 percent, it would be something like winning 40 percent of Election Day independents and 80 percent of mail-ins. And again, it doesn't prove fraud, and we're going to have several other pieces of evidence that jive with this. Right. But that alone is something that is worth inquiring about. Wait a minute. We've never had 2.6 million mail-ins. We know from the Carter-Baker Commission, dating really back to 1864 with McClellan, that mail-ins were the largest source of fraud. Wait a minute. That's something to look into as a baseline. But that's obviously not the main point. Okay. So, and I agree with that. I just want to take these as we go. There's one other thing that I think my you know, uh, my friends or those in the mainstream media who are not my friends uh, would ask, and that is, isn't there self-selection this time unlike ever before? Because you had Donald Trump saying pretty much don't vote by mail. So those people who were Donald Trump supporters generally didn't vote for him by mail. uh, And the Biden people did and didn't go to the polls. Sure. So, I mean, obviously, That statement was made much later. A lot of people wanted to change their ballots, which is why there was the whole problem with people that originally filled out something that was uh, a mail-in and they wanted to vote in person. Uh, That was was a decision Trump was pushing very late. That was not something he was pushing early. Remember, these ballots were built up for months in Pennsylvania. Um, So I understand that that certainly is, there's logic behind it, but I don't think we have seen that in other states like Ohio and Iowa, in the Rust Belt, in the Midwest, where there was that much of a qualitative gap between the types of Republicans and independents um, that, that turned out. And also, it really is very unlikely to assume that he got that many Republican votes, uh, just because we're, we're not seeing that anywhere else, down ballot, um, and we're not really seeing a massive crossover in this election. It was talked about in the pre-election polling, but based on the results, which seemed to be a lot better than the polls were suggesting, Trump doesn't appear to have lost a lot of Republicans. He Correct. lost some independents, not a lot of Republicans, but I would argue he didn't lose 80 percent 
of independence. Tell me about the down uh, ballot, because the down ballot is historically uh, a, a phenomenon, like a miracle. I, I don't get it. And, and again, this is just something that to me, as everyone's saying, look, the election's over. We cast the ballots. It's already December. Let's move on. What is there to see? You just don't like the results. This is what I would present as a source of inquiry, not a source of finality, but of inquiry. And basically, a lot of people have noted that in some of these states that are highly contested, Michigan, Wisconsin, you see a lot of votes that were just cast for Biden and nobody else. And it's kind of suspicious. And people respond to that by saying, well, you know, a lot of people don't bother with other races. They don't care. The presidential race is the whole enchilada. Well, why is it more the Democrats? Well, I guess they'd say maybe Democrats are more low-information voters. I don't know. Let's just say that. The problem with the Pennsylvania numbers is when you have an apples-to-apples comparison, race-to-race among Republicans and then among Democrats, and then comparing only presidential ballots of mail-ins to Election Day, they all contradict each other but are consistent in one way, that Donald Trump always seems to be at the short end of the, le- of the mail-in ballots, um, even compared to other Republicans, and Biden seems to be at the high end, even compared to other much more popular Democrats. And what I basically show by juxtaposing the auditors and treasurers race to the, um, the attorney general's race is this. When it comes to the auditor and treasurer, little-known Republicans wound up winning those seats with fewer votes overall than Donald Trump. But basically... Even though Trump got many more votes than them on Election Day, they seem to have more votes cast for him on mail-ins. Now, I thought, okay, that kind of makes sense. If you're in the comfort of your home, uh, you're not pressured, you're not waiting online, you don't have election officials around you, you'll take your time, you'll look at the ballot questions, you'll look at the funny races no one ever heard of, auditor, treasurer. Sure. Heck, maybe you'll look on the internet to see who they are, you'll do some research, you'll fill it out, you're more likely to fill it out than you are um, with Election Day, which is why there was a drop-off of the down-the-ballot votes on Election Day. Right. But then you go to where the Democrats won down-ballot, and that's Dan Shapiro, the very notorious attorney general, who is certainly a lot more known than those other Republicans are. He's been incumbent. He's been very high-profile in the media. And he actually won overall by the largest margin of anyone statewide. And indeed, he, you know, he, he won by four or five points. But then you look there, and it's the opposite. He got more votes on Election Day than Biden did, but less than Biden for mail-ins. And again, I don't, I don't get that. You're waiting in line for an hour. You'd think you'd be more jaded, less time. But you filled out Dan Shapiro, the down-the-ballot stuff for the Democrats. But the mail-ins, you just did Biden when it was the opposite for Republicans. Again, I don't have an explanation for that other than to say it really doesn't make sense. And it sure seems to me that Malins really, really loved Biden and really, really hated Trump. Okay, uh, I, I appreciate the way your article is written because it says at the end, this is not a closing argument. This isn't proof. These are questions that just should be asked and answered. Uh, and I really appreciate your, your look on that. I want to go to, to uh, the COVID uh, scare, the article you did there, and find out what happened at Johns Hopkins. Um, and we'll do that in 60 seconds. Stand by. 
All right. I want to think for just a minute. Have you think about the food that you've been feeding your dog? How healthy is it? If it's kibble food that you're putting in the dish, the answer is probably not very healthy. Uh, Kibble food is sterilized and your dog just isn't getting that much out of it. Um, you, You could get better. You could, you know, buy really expensive food. You're still not going to get all of the nutrients and all of the probiotics that you will get just by taking a package of, of rough greens and putting a scoopful of it in the dish with whatever you're feeding them now. Rough greens, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement. You sprinkle onto the dog's food. They love it. They love it. Vitamins, minerals, omega oils, and antioxidants. Basically, all the stuff that your, you know, your wife gets onto you and says, you ought to have your probiotic. Oh, now the dog has it, too. Rough Greens. Get the Jumpstart bag today for $14.95 and start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. If you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to roughgreens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10-second station ID. So, Daniel, tell me about uh, Johns Hopkins uh, University and the study that came out that they published. uh, COVID-19 has, and I'm quoting it, relatively no effect on deaths in the U.S. Then it was retracted. Tell me about this. Sure. It's funny that it seems like the retraction is always in one direction. It's always when there's any good news, so to speak, to sort of say, hey, maybe the virus is not quite as deadly, as bad as we thought that always gets dinged, but it's never the other way around when, you know, demonstrably they overstate the number of deaths. Um, We've already seen that with the Imperial College. It's been overstated. Somehow that never gets retracted. It's, you know, so that then itself is, is very interesting. Basically, there's nothing really new here other than it originally came from someone associated with the economics department at uh, Johns Hopkins. Um, But basically, even the New York Times, many publications have been pointing out that heart attacks and other common causes of death seem to be down. And, And that's very puzzling, and it's something that needs to be studied. And what this economics professor did, it was an hour long video presentation, and then it looks like a student in one of their uh, newsletters wrote up kind of an interview and an article on it, um, which is not necessarily synonymous with everything she she said, mm-hmm. as, as any article is, that if you if you take everything in totality, what it seems to be is that the virus is mainly killing those who are slated to die within the year, which is why she noted from her data, it doesn't appear that there are excess deaths this year, in the year 2020, that are over and beyond the baseline that we traditionally have. So in other words, if you would have the same amount of, let's say, five-year average of heart attacks, strokes, pneumonia deaths, you would have 260,000 COVID excess deaths on top of that. What you're seeing is almost a displacement that almost commensurately with the drop in uh, deaths from those other common causes is the official number of 260,000 or so COVID deaths, which would suggest, at least according to her research, that it's primarily people not just that were maybe unhealthy or had underlying conditions. Some of them certainly get sick and maybe are hospitalized, but the ones who ultimately die, for the most part, with some exceptions, seem to be those who were slated to die anyway. 
And statistically, this is sort of, and one of two things are happening. And I think it's a mixture of both. To a certain extent, there is misclassification. Yes. So this is your case of someone testing positive, but they didn't really have such a symptomatic case, but they died of other things. It's, that's automatically a COVID death that we already know from CDC guidance or others that legitimately were gotten by it, but they were in hospice. For example, just on Sunday, a bunch of Rutgers University uh, uh, immunologists came out with a study of two hospitals in New Jersey from May where they looked at 650 people who died there and they found 90% of them had DNR orders on them. Now, if you're the typical 65, 68-year-old guy, maybe you have some diabetes and heart condition and you, you get sick with COVID, you're in the hospital, you're not going to have a, a pre-existing DNR order no. on you. no, no. You don't because you if you're if you're 65 years old, uh, most likely you haven't been in and had those giant conversations yet with your family on just I don't want to be on a machine for a long time. Um, it's a, um, uh, a great piece also on Blaze TV or Bla- the Blaze dot com. You can uh, hear uh, Daniel's uh, podcast also on the Blaze, the conservative review podcast. Daniel Horowitz, thank you so much for being on the program with us. Really enjoyed it. Take you care. Bet. Thank you. So, Stu, I want to switch to you on the news that you were talking about yesterday. We only have a minute that we're going to see numbers go up on covid cases and they're going to be blamed on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's just a quirk in the data that basically a lot of places I mean, like Texas didn't report for several days any numbers because right. of the Thanksgiving break. So what we're seeing, if you look at the charts uh, the last few days, you might be encouraged by them because you're seeing a downturn in almost every measure. Mm-hmm. And what is likely going to happen and today's the day it's going to start is we're going to see all these deaths and cases piled up from last week that were not reported all get reported in the next couple of days. And they're going to say, look at at Thanksgiving. Everyone went and they didn't listen. They didn't listen to us on Thanksgiving. We need to do more restrictive measures, more lockdowns. You're going to see that call because these numbers are going to go through the roof and and maybe hit all-time highs over the next few days into the coming weeks. So it's something to look forward uh, to uh, as we get these numbers today. And I don't mean forward as you're excited, but like looking into the future because if we don't know the facts on that, they're going to use it against us. And now that you know the facts... You can look forward this to straighten, straightening Beck out the program. narrative. All right. I want to talk to you about CarShield. Uh, what if you didn't have to dread getting car repairs anymore? It's become so easy, so convenient, so affordable that you can now pretty much take that off the list of things to worry about. The check engine light doesn't rule you if you have CarShield. You're getting a customizable plan for when the worst happens from the roadside assistance that can pick you up wherever you're broken down to the coverage that will take care of your rental car, whether it's in a dealership or a mechanic shop, your choice. CarShield is going to be there to help you get the wheels back on the road. Use the promo code BECK and you're going to save 10%. So call CarShield today. I used to dread every time something would happen to my, my old trucks or, and it would be like, now I have CarShield. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't even think about it. 800-665-2157. Mention the promo code Beck or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code Beck and save 10%. Carshield.com. Promo code Beck. Deductible may apply. What do you get when you combine Santa Claus and Antifa? Santifa Claus. Go to SantifaClaus.com for your new Christmas merchandise.
I just want to run down a few stories. In fact, can you get the uh, the new AOC song out for me? Because I think it's going to be very it's going to be very very uh, apropos here. Rick Wilson, the Daily Beast editor at large, said he and presumably others will not forget and won't forgive what Trump supporters did to America. Uh, he said uh, there is uh, overdue penalties. It's not enough to merely enjoy their agony and their humiliation. Not enough. It's not enough to hope they'll be shamed and correct their behavior. The dark is rising for Trump's sycophants, toadies, and enablers. This is so Orwellian or National Socialist. It is terrifying. Their tough guy acts and their F your feelings talk have become a furious whine of complaints and recriminations as a toxic slurry of rage and despair has left a stinging bile in the back of their throats that won't go away. Trump lost, he continued, and they can't spin their way past it. Uh, Then, he said, even as lawyers are all but chased out of each town where they file their absurd, doomed lawsuits, the true believers still imagine some miracle emerging from the wreckage of Trump's campaign. Yeah, you know, because you called him a um, you called him a Russian operative for about two years. Oh, and then what happened when we got all the facts? We found out the truth that you were hiding the media apparatus that monetized the moronic state of religion of Trumpism, oh my gosh, is pumping their slow coach followers full of stupid, easily disproven lies. Wow, that's what they think of us. We are pumping you full of lies, and that's what they think of you. Well, gee, if you have an apparatus that is monetized, the moronic state of religion of Trumpism, there's no redeeming value for us. You can't let that go on. And that's why they had to make lists of everybody who helped in any oh, way, yeah. and they needed to make sure they never got jobs again. Yeah. Well, the, he says the professional class of Republicans. Oh, who doesn't love those guys? <laughs> the professional class of Republicans know the bitter end is here, that their dirty half decade of personal uh, degradation is coming to a sick, sad finale. It would leave them with a sense of shame if they had any. Most of the GOP ink types lost that long ago. Still, America is watching them experience the combination of fury and humiliation as Trump heads to the door before even dropping the cash on the nightstand. I'm losing track at all the uh, different groups within the GOP we're supposed to hate or think are grifters or like everyone's there's this. I guess this is what happens after an election. But you have this like weird civil war that's constantly brewing between 9000 groups within the Right. Oh, you mean like the one that went unreported by the mainstream media in the Democratic Party and is still going on today? Yeah. Yep. That one's that one's much more fierce in some ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone seems to hate each other on the GOP all the time. But uh, (laughs) I mean, that's just a constant uh, feature. That whole idea of the that Reagan coalition is really, I mean, dead. Right. I mean, like you don't have you don't have that anymore. I mean, it's it's. These groups just can't be nice to each other. So it's not you can't have a coalition. I think you did. I think you did for the most part under Trump at the end. I mean, you can't get 71 million votes. Yeah. Well, without being pretty united. 
uh, yeah, but in totally different ways, right? Yes, I mean, like, yes. there's, there, you know, yes. it's not to say that they won't vote similarly. I think they will generally, but like to try to get things done, done yeah, there's no, just no agreement. Every, and everyone, no. you know, everyone's so focused on their Twitter feed and how they can trash someone else who may or may not agree with 90% of their values. I just, I, I do think a lot of that gets overblown, right? I, like, there's just so, like, there's so much focus on these, like, tiny, tiny groups, that, you know, like the Lincoln Project, for example, who everyone, I, I must have seen hundreds of, of headlines about what they do and who they are and what, you know, what their plan is. And, and it's like, I, did, did the Lincoln Project move a vote? No, I doubt it. No, I, I can't think. I can't imagine. I can't think of the profile of the person. No. who was won over by? Hey, you, you, we're Republicans. You should vote against the Georgia Senate candidates. Like I, w- like what? Again, I can understand. You might think Trump is a, is particularly bad, or you, they may think he's particularly good. Trump is a a, a well defined figure, right? That people have passionate feelings about. You know, two Republican Senate candidates. Like, do you want the Democrats to have control of the entire government or not? Is not a tough question if you're a Republican. You know, I mean, even Larry Hogan, who's known as a as a moderate uh, governor, uh, and you know, kind of a guy who's totally in the other meld, is out saying. Hey guys, we should probably vote for the Republicans in Georgia, or they're going to have control of the entire government. Right. And shockingly, the Democrats don't like him anymore. Right now, hmm. all of a sudden, it's almost as if they're using all these people. No, uh, for their own ends. I won't it's hear so of it. Strange. Well, a good thing that they're going to put those guys, you know, into the timeout corner, hmm. and we're not going to hear from them anymore. Uh, you're in good company if you're in that timeout corner. Uh, Eric Clapton. Eric. Oh. Clapton is now being shunned along with van morrison <laughs> they uh they announced that they're going to do a anti-lockdown song released in early december uh and it uh didn't sit well with all of the powers to be in all over the world um they are currently working hard to discredit eric clapton (laughs) i don't know how you discredit a guy who i like didn't he do heroin for a long time i think he's beyond caring what you think about him he's done heroin he's off it now i think he got that monkey off his back he's gonna put you on his back no no i don't think so he's not gonna care can't imagine he cares uh uh, van morrison uh has already done several protest songs and where is he from is he from scotland or ireland our Scottish I, listeners right now are going, it is not Ireland. These are totally. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, he he's already written three. Ireland. He's from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Born to be free. Uh, As I walked out and no more lockdown are the three that he has done. And the UK government has come down hard and said his songs are dangerous. Really, Elvis, are they? The songs are dangerous. How is the song dangerous, but Cardi B, none of her stuff is dangerous. No, no it doesn't affect anyone. But this new Eric Clapton, Van Morrison song, dangerous. Uh, where did, dangerous. What did Alan Tipper Gore feel about this? Uh, yeah, well, they were still looking to ban, okay. still looking to censor and uh, ban. By the way, Cardi B, I don't want to just throw her out here uh, without telling you that she has apologized now. Uh, because she on Instagram uh, posted some videos of people uh, God, dancing and eating. Okay, uh, I guess you could call it dancing. Uh, it's, and she just posted Thanksgiving 2020. She confirmed later on Twitter 
that she had 12 kids and 25 adults over for the Uh-oh. holidays uh, and quote it was lit she's rich though and, and she's famous she's allowed to break these rules it's not about them it's about us us little peons are not allowed to have those gatherings but you know what gavin newsom can andrew cuomo was what? planning to bring it up his his, his mom who's very elderly, to have a Thanksgiving dinner until he got called out on it. He was so sure no one was going to say anything that he just, like, blurted it out. Well, what about the L.A. County supervisor who uh, who, who voted to uh, shut down all outdoor dining for all 31,000 re- uh, restaurants mm-hmm. in L.A. County? Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Shut him down. Two hours later, went out to a restaurant and ate at an outdoor restaurant uh, in Los Angeles. Shocking. Yeah, it is. It's pretty mm. it's pretty shocking. Uh let's uh let's just make our list and check it twice. Song we premiered yesterday. The Glenbeck Christmas Orchestra. Hey, why don't you come on in a little closer, folks? I want to tell you a little story about AOC. Oh, you better love Marx. You better shun Trump. America sucks, she's telling you chumps. AOC is shutting you down. Oh, yes, she is. She has a black list. She's jacking it thrice. Gonna throw down when Kamala is vice. AOC is shutting you down. When you're not woke She knows if you've been pimping Trump And for that, she'd like you choked Oh, you better recant If not, then you're toast She's got you a spot down at Guantanamo You better believe it AOC is shutting you down Oh yeah With greenest new deals Plus taxes galore Lopping off heads and packing the courts AOC is shutting you down Then Antifa will rally Burn down the GOP They're gonna build utopia Once they cancel you and me so you better mask up, you better lock down Turn that mega smile into a commie frown AOC is shutting, oh AOC is shutting, listen AOC is shutting you down Yes she is You know, I've been talking about RecTech, a sponsor of ours, for a while. Let me just uh, read you something. I just got a message from uh, Jeff Foster. He said, uh, Glenn, I heard your ad for RecTech Grills several days ago. I went on their website, and I was impressed by what I saw, so I ordered the RT700 Bull. Uh, it's a great grill. Uh, he said, you are 100% correct. It is the nicest, best cooking, and easiest to use grill we have ever owned. Thanks for the recommendation. Jeff, you are welcome. I uh, wouldn't recommend it if I wasn't using it myself and loving it. It is. I mean, it is so sturdy. It is sleek. It's got the latest technology. Uh, so you can you can do everything from an app. You don't even have to be around it. 
You don't have to be outside. If it's going to get too cold to, to smoke or, or barbecue something, don't worry about it. Put it on. Start the app in the house early. Just get it all preheated. It watches the temperature for you. It alerts you when it's done. It's fantastic. It's a Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. That's Rectech dot com. You're listening to Glenn This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, our thoughts and prayers, and we would ask for you to uh, share them. Justin uh, Barclay from Wood Radio, um, he filled in for me last week. Um, they're having a baby, and it's a little premature, and just keep the Barclays in your uh, prayers, if you will. Also, today is Giving Tuesday, and we would love for you to help us meet our goals this year. Uh, for Giving Tuesday uh, by going to mercuryone.org. We're doing the Nazarene Fund. We're rescuing slaves from all around the world. We are part of the first responders here in America. We've done an awful lot of stuff that I'm sure you're aware of. We would love to have you donate to mercuryone.org. We are currently uh, building our uh, virtual school uh, for generations to come we need your support mercuryone.org uh let me see can we go to the um warnock laughing at churches that use guns now this is this is the guy who is running in uh in georgia he's a minister but he is jeremiah wright listen to this and so somebody decided to that they had a bright idea to pass a piece of legislation that will allow for guns and concealed weapons to be carried in churches. Have you ever been to a church meeting? That's the last place. (laughs) Finally got uh, about a second later, had a clear shot, and I took the shot. The shooter went down. It's the guy guy who shot the uh, guy in the church in Texas. There's a man in black tactical gear shooting up the Baptist church. Those people are my friends. Those people. When I opened up the safe, I pulled out an AR-15. You ever been to a church meeting? That's the last place. Yeah. Uh, so he's a kind of guy who uh, doesn't care to look at facts. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you that we've had some scares uh, in the past and... Uh, I've I've had friends in the congregation that were carrying guns and it was a great relief, not only to my family, but to everyone who was in the congregation, never had to pull them. We just knew that if something happened, uh, that guy wasn't going anywhere and he wasn't getting a shot off. And I hate to think that way, but that's the way things are now. Yeah, it's odd that you'd make that point when this has actually happened. Yeah, I know. It's been over and over and over again. It's pretty extreme, though. Yeah. No, you think? (laughs) You think? Uh, Do we, how much time do we have? Uh, Do we have time to play the uh, Arizona witness that has been suspended on Twitter that uh, testified yesterday? Do we have a bit of that testimony? Let's play it. Go ahead. If you could just tell us in your, um, in the simplest way possible as an expert, what is your opinion as to the validity of the numbers that were certified today by the Secretary of State and the governor about this election? 
If I was an executive at a publicly traded company, I would never sign that because I risk jail time and having all my money taken from me in lawsuits. So to answer your question, I would never, ever have certified. I'd rather resign than have certified those results. So your, your professional opinion is that the numbers are fraudulent? I believe they're fraudulent based on the data. And my sister asked me a simple question this morning. She goes, how sure are you? And my sister's a pretty stubborn person like me. And I said, I'd be willing to put my life on it. I'm that sure about the analysis, assuming that the data that I got from the state and everything else was accurate. So, you know, if you give me all inaccurate data from everywhere, then, you know, that's my only caveat. But you got it from the state. So where does that stand? We're going to continue to watch these as they go. Hopefully they go somewhere. We're running out of time. Uh, but we will give you all of the news on the latest attempts to make sure that this was a fair and honest election. Every legal vote count. Dot com. Go there now. This is the Glenn Beck Program.